You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. I'm your sick host. I don't know if you can hear it. Maybe it's just because I spend time listening to myself all day. But uh, yeah, I'm a little sick here, so bear with me as we get through an episode. But trip advice doesn't stop, even when you're sick. Here to help you through the podcasts, through coaching, my YouTube channel. So no matter what, I'm going to be here for you. And do what it takes to help you, my friend, be more desirable to women, which is what we are talking about today. I'm reading a very interesting book, and even though I'm reading it now for the first time, it does have a lot of information in there that I have heard or read over the years through different scientific studies, through other books I've read, through just little bits of information I've found on the internet, and I am just so excited to be able to share some of this information with you. The book is called The Evolution of Desire. It's by Dr. David Buss, who is a evolutionary psychologist. And I'm so excited to announce that he's actually going to be on the podcast in about a month. So you'll see in the title, something along the lines of interview with Dr. David Buss. If you don't know who he is, like I said, he is, he's a scientist. He is an evolutionary psychologist. He's been in the field for several decades, and he talks a tremendous amount about mating habits, or we will say strategies of human mating. And that's what this book is all about. If you want to check it out, it's called The Evolution of Desire. It's a fantastic read. I just, I can't, I can't put it down. I take a lot of notes and there's things I'm going to be sharing with you today. So I'm going to be talking about just a brief overview of what makes a man desirable to women according to evolutionary psychology. Some really good theories. And it's interesting because I'm reading this book and I'm I'm finding that there are some things in there that are like, oh, well, well, obviously, right? It's like, I might say some things today where you say, duh. But it's one thing to say, duh, but also to have it confirmed by studies and surveys that have been done on a scientific basis. So it's almost refreshing to hear some of our thoughts or some things that we've heard through the grapevine or wherever confirmed in scientific research. And it makes it that much more important and of course interesting. And I like to take some of this information and try to tell you and try to teach you so then you can understand it and then use it in your life to be the most attractive version of yourself. I'm going to go on a tangent real quickly. If you've been on YouTube, there's a lot of videos and new YouTube channels who are just blowing up talking about this idea of just their problems with modern women and issues with the fact that women don't really know what a guy wants. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because first of all, I do agree with that. And I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I want to say it again as I as I'm about to delve into this big topic. Like you're sitting here listening and trying to understand really what women 
want and what they find desirable. And I do believe it is such a shame. I guess this is a little bit of a vent. It's such a shame that it doesn't feel like women are really doing that. But I, I will say this. I think us guys have desires and, and the book actually talks about this. I'm not at that chapter yet, but I believe that we have desires and thoughts and things that we have, but we don't feel are politically correct. It's such a shame. It feels like we are indirectly censored because we are not able to speak on some of the things that we desire. And it is tough for us to say those things because it's not, we might get shamed for it. And so that's another reason why I think that women don't really understand what men want. Anyways, just a little, a little vent there. It's like we do, I'm doing a full episode really teaching you what women want, what they desire. And I, I, I would hope that women are doing the same thing, but it just doesn't seem like they are. There's a lot of videos calling out a lot of women that they think that they know what a man wants, but really they're just acting in a way where they think that it's what men want. So what I'm saying here is they basically are treating men like women. They're treating men like women. They think that men and, and women desire the same thing, which is, which is not true at all. And this book actually explains that and it goes into that. And I'm really excited to be able to talk to David in, in a month and, and go into that. Again, thank you for bearing with me as I get through this with my, with my cold here. No, it is not COVID. The test has been done. And it is negative. There is a cold going around right now. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so we're talking about what makes a man desirable to women. There's one basic principle. And then there's examples of that principle, which we're going to go over today. And then after that, we're going to go into some Q&A because people have been writing in and asking questions. If you have a question that you want to answer to the podcast, you can email me personally, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question and I'll answer your podcast question here on the podcast like I will do after we talk about what makes a man desirable to women. Now, also, I want you to understand that as much as you're getting help from the podcast, there is also other ways to get help to actually implement some of these things, some of the principles, some of the things I talk about. Let's be real. All the things I talk about here on the podcast, there's a way to get more help and get help to implement these things through various ways. One, I have a book. It's called Magnetic. You can get that on Amazon. Magnetic teaches you my whole system for attraction, which is based in a lot of evolutionary psychology. Or you can get my video course. Some people like to watch videos and that video course is called Hooked. You can check that out at getterhooked.com. That teaches you everything about how to be a desirable man to women. And then there's coaching, which is the ultimate working with myself or one of the coaches here at TripAdvice, where we get on weekly phone calls with you. We even give you unlimited texting. That means you can be texting me really all day long if you wanted to. You get full access to me or another coach, depends on who you're working with, over text. And you will get access to Hooked and my book and all of the other video courses that I have. And I have several different video courses that are extremely helpful in meeting more women, in having awesome sex with women, in online dating. We also teach you that in the coaching program. So if you need help, go to coachedbytrip.com and apply for coaching today. I would absolutely love to hear from you and work with you. Coachedbytrip.com and you'll see some awesome testimonials there of guys who've gotten really mind-blowing results. We're talking guys who would never be able to 
to get laid and then they do, get girlfriends and then they do, build confidence, get raises and promotions at work. It's crazy what can happen once you learn how to be attractive to women. It builds your confidence and then that just positively leaks into all these different areas of your life. So it is a very life-changing program and we're here to help you. Do not delay. Coachedbytrip.com. Let's talk now about some of the science behind what makes a man desirable to women. Okay, so in the book, David talks about the key idea or principle of resources. So what this means is that when it comes down to what makes a woman attracted to a man, it's the ability for a man to be able to get resources for the family. And it starts with him either having resources or having the qualities that will then lead him to have resources. And the psychological reason behind this is that, or I should say, uh, based in evolutionary psychology, I don't know if it's the psychological reason, but the evolutionary reason is that a woman wants to be able to be with a man who has the resources to get her family to prosper. So it's all about, it's all about your children, basically, is, is, is what I'm kind of gathering here. It's all about your children. It's about survival and replication. That's the basis of evolution, is things evolve to be the, to survive, right? Survival of the fittest. And then you survive and replicate. That's what keeps things going. That's what keeps life going. So all the decisions and all the mating strategies are behind surviving and replicating, i.e. mating, having kids, and staying alive. So when a man has resources, he's able to help the woman. Because guess what? One day she's going to be pregnant. And she's not going to be able to get resources. A pregnant woman cannot go out and hunt for food. Okay, what we're talking about, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, obviously now is, is a lot different. But then again, a pregnant woman right now might have a hard time, although she can probably just order a DoorDash or something. But you get the idea. So she needs a man around to help with resources, to help with having the baby, raising the baby, sticking around long enough for the children to survive, for your offspring to prosper and for your genetics to continue on and to be part of the human race. That's what we all secretly desire when it comes to survival and, and replication. So a man must have resources or the ability to get resources or qualities that say to a woman that this guy can get resources. So I'm going to give you some ideas. Again, these are from the book that talk about this. So the first one, is age. So it's interesting, right? When you're, if you're listening to this, and I know there's a lot of guys listening to this who are in their early 20s, you might find that it's a little bit hard to attract women. Now, let me talk to my guys in their 30s. Maybe you found that it became a little bit easier to attract women. Women are, generally speaking, attracted to men who are older. Why? Because when you're older, what happens? You have more resources, a man has more resources as he's older. He's a better hunter. He's more skilled. 
Maybe he's been able to collect more resources over time. So women are generally attracted to men who are older. Of course, we, we got to say generally speaking, because you can absolutely be, let's say, you know, 19 years old and attract a woman who's also 19. But if we were to compare you, a 19-year-old, to another female 19-year-old versus maybe a 25-year-old, she might be more attracted to that 25-year-old. So age plays an important factor. Social status plays an important factor. Someone who has high social status means he can have more resources. He has more people around him. He has the skills to have. So the fact, I I believe that what I'm interpreting here is with social status, you have more social status. That means that you have a network and someone who's well-connected is going to be able to help someone else survive. It's like someone, let's say thousands of years ago, a man and a woman all alone in the woods might be a little bit harder for you to help your woman and your kids survive versus having a tribe of people around you, right? Here's another one, ambition. This is this is a great one. I talk about this a lot and I've talked about this for years, the idea of ambition. Women are attracted to ambitious men. And what's so funny too is so many people don't understand why. It's like, you'll you'll ask a woman like, oh, are you really attracted to do a guy who's ambitious? Do your own research. You know, probably almost close to 100% of women are going to say, yeah. The reason why is because that is a trait that says that this guy will eventually be able to get resources. And so that's important because not necessarily can a woman be with a guy right away who has resources, but the sign that he's able to acquire those resources to survive, ambition is one of those traits that signals that. Let me rewind just a little bit, talk about the idea of resources. It's like, well, what does that mean? It means food, money, shelter, help. That's what resources is all about. So just think about it that way. Food, money, shelter, help. The things that one needs resources to survive. Okay. All right. So ambition is a big one. So that's why as a guy, if you're at home smoking a bunch of weed on your parents' couch, you're not going to be as attractive as a guy who has a job and is a productive member and effective member of society. I haven't gotten too deep into the book yet, but there is going to be parts about short-term mating strategies where you know you might be thinking like, you know, I know guys who are total stoners and get laid all the time. And guys who have no ambition do nothing. That's because he might have traits that are good for short-term mating strategies. And that's a whole separate thing. I believe that that is something we can dive deeper into in another episode, in another episode. But shorter mating term strategies usually are going to be like your bad boy qualities and guys who are having very physical attractive traits. Those guys can do very well for short-term mating strategies. But for long-term, in terms of getting a girlfriend at the very least, but even 
still it's part of short term are the things that I'm talking about here. So ambition, dependability is another one. A woman is going to be attracted to a guy who's dependable. So if his, his actions and words don't align, maybe he's flaky. Maybe it's a guy who lies and she, he gets caught in a lie. All these things would be very unattractive to a woman. A woman wants a guy who's very dependable. Again, why? A dependable man is going to be able to stick around, help raise the kids and have the resources and the abilities. Here's another one is intelligence. Intelligence is a very big one. A dum-dum on the couch doing nothing won't be able to help gather resources, but a very smart man will. So all these things are very important to a woman for long-term mating strategies. Social status, age, ambition, dependability, intelligence, just to name a few. All because they help either gather resources or signal to the woman that this guy will eventually do that. So for example, a woman might be very attracted to a guy who's in med school. Well, technically, if you look at that, that guy is in a lot of debt and he's not a doctor yet. But why is it still attractive? Well, he has the opportunity and he's doing things that will get him to the point of having resources. So that's always very attractive. The good news, my gentlemen, is that you don't need to be rich. You don't need to be a doctor. You don't need to be any of these things to be able to be attractive to women. A lot of these things are, I'm not going to say they're easy, but they're fairly basic things that you can actually do. Obviously, you can't control your age, but you can control your social status. You can control your how ambitious you are, how dependable you are, your intelligence. These are things that you can control, that you can change, that will make you more attractive to a woman. And I want you to think about some of these things and think about this in your life. Where are you in your life? Where are you in your life right now? And did these line up and match up with the things that I'm saying here? How can you take some of these things and start to implement them in your life? Being a more goal-oriented guy. Being someone who besides listen to podcasts like these, but also listen to other podcasts and other areas and topics and reads and, and is working on being as smart as they can be. Working on making sure you have a good network of people around you and friends. And by the way, it's interesting how we talk about these things in relation to women. Like I understand that I tell you these things in being more attractive to women. That's why you're listening to this podcast or watching this on YouTube. But at the end of the day, I like to still come from a place of building your own self-worth and own self-esteem. Doing these things so your life is awesome and the byproduct is a better dating life and sex life. That's my goal for you is we do these things for us because all these things are great traits. These are great things for us that are going to make us healthier, happier men. But the cool thing is, is it also 
gets you to the point where you're more attractive to women, which is, I know, something else that you want too, which is why we're talking about it today. But again, I just want it to be something that is is deeper and coming from a better place and not doing everything just for a woman, but doing it for yourself. What do you say we get into some Q&A? I think that wraps up some of the thoughts and teachings of today is talking about what makes you more desirable to a woman. And there are other things. I think it it is good we go over those in another episode. Like I said, there's short-term mating strategies. There's things that are going to make you more attractive in the short term, but I can really summarize it very quickly. It's just having a a symmetrical face, being tall, and working on your, I don't know what the word is here, muscularity. (laughs) Let's look that up real quick. Muscularity. Maybe this is just my brain and brain fog. Yeah, it is. Muscularity. Possessing muscular strength. Just never used that word before. So yes, now I understand not everyone here, again, I can vouch for this too, uh, not everyone here has symmetrical faces. I definitely don't. One of my eyes definitely closes a little bit more than the other. And my nose is definitely a little bit crooked. And so not of all, all of us have symmetrical faces and have the height and things like that. But it's still just good to understand this is what women are attracted to. But let's just focus on the things that we can control, which are the majority of the, well, yeah, majority of the things I said today, because you can't really control age per se, and also controlling what you can do with your body. So whether you have a symmetrical face or you're short or whatever, it is always going to be good to get into the gym and to work out and try to have the best body possible. But what's interesting is you still don't need those for short-term mating strategies. You don't have to be the most super handsome, physically attractive guy to sleep with the woman very quickly. It's just not something that's necessary. It helps a lot. And I believe that's the point of what it says in the book. When it talks about that, it's like, yeah, you're a very attractive guy can get laid a lot faster. But let me tell you something here. And I've heard David Buss talk about this on interviews. That doesn't cut it still. You have to understand. It doesn't cut it still. It's still about context. It's still about who you are. So meaning the most attractive man in the world can go up to a hundred women and they've actually tested this theory out and ask a woman to sleep with him and almost a hundred percent say no. Actually, I think it was exactly a hundred percent said no, but what gives he's super attractive. doesn't matter because women still need a lot more than that to feel attracted. They need to feel safe and they need more context around who this person is. And again, that's going to be through some of the things I mentioned earlier intelligence, dependability, ambition, things like that. So understand that you're not completely screwed here if you're not this chiseled, super attractive dude. It's still possible for you. And I want you to take some of these things and see what you can do with them, specifically the ones that are in your control. All right, what do you say we get to some Q and freaking A Guys who have written in, thank you so much. You have written in to trip at tripadvice.com. You've put in the subject line, podcast question. And now we are here to answer them. Don't forget, if you need more help 
Why are you hesitating? Go to coachedbytrip.com and apply to work with me or one of the coaches here. I don't know why you're waiting. Stop trying to do this on your own when you can get help and get fast results. Doing it on your own is harder. Doing it with a coach is easier and faster. Okay, I've said my piece. This is from Salah. Hey, Trip, been watching you for a while now on YouTube and you've helped me a lot over the years, so thank you for that. Almost four months ago, I decided to break up with my ex due to several reasons, but main ones being that I'm leaving the country soon and I don't think I can handle long distance and that the relationship was taking a toxic turn in the final months. The no contact rule is practically impossible in my situation since we see each other almost every day in college. I find myself at times feeling like I'm over the whole thing and at others feel an incredible amount of regret and guilt. What do you suggest I do in order to move on and start dating other girls without looking back at the past? Thanks for your time, Salah. Okay, so you broke up with your ex and... I mean, for all good reasons, dude, you're leaving the country. It's not that you can't handle long distance. Most people can't handle long distance. I'll say that again. Most people can't handle long distance. It is a scarce mindset to go into any kind of long distance relationship. Just telling yourself that you can't attract someone who's close, which is the obvious preference for any person. So long distance, you said it was toxic. You see each other all the time. Yeah. I mean, listen, dude, you're in college, right? So it, this is just kind of a, what I call a shitty situation is that it's going to be hard to get over this person because you see them all the time. It sounds like there's nothing you can do. So let's find out what you can control is there any point of the day that you can control not seeing them? Is there any way you can see them less? I sounds like it's, like you said, impossible to never see them, but maybe there's at least a low contact. Are you doing all the other forms of no contact? No calling, no texting, no social media, no DMs, no Facebook messages, no Snapchats, no TikTok messages. Are you doing all that stuff? Or you may be still doing that because you've realized, well, you're going to see them anyways. And so it still helps. If you can't do the super no contact, it's still a spectrum. I don't think it's binary. I think that you can at least do enough that you can, that one can do to be able to at least separate yourself from this person. It sounds like you need reassurance here. So I'll give it to you. You feel regret and guilt. My friend, you made the right choice. You made the right choice. You know how I know you made the right choice without even knowing you? It's because you made the choice. So something inside of you, your gut was speaking to you. And it said that this is not healthy for me. So your gut spoke and it was correct. And, and guys, trust your intuition, please. So what do you suggest to move on and not look back at the past? Trust your gut. 
and understand that long distance, this it's inevitable you guys would have broken up. I don't know any long distance relationships that have ever worked out. And I've heard of a lot with the small exceptions, you know, like I knew one couple where they dated for many years and then he was going to get his master's degree. And so he went and it wasn't like that far, a very short plane ride. And there was an end point. So they knew they were going to be back together in like two years. Again, exception, right? How many situations are going to be like that? Very little, very little. So it was not going to work out. And the fact that you said it was turning toxic, I don't have many details, but also not a good sign. Any signs of a toxic relationship, gentlemen? Big red flags. She's being toxic. Your relationship is toxic. You fight a lot. There's manipulation. Any of that stuff, dudes, run for the hills. And Salah, that's what you did, man. Don't be so hard on yourself. So I suggest that you do start dating other women. And realize that this is a very short time in your life that eventually you'll get over. And by the way, she's going to move on too. So if there's any kind of guilt, don't worry, my friends. Dating is in the favor of, of women. So she'll be just fine. Then you'll be fine too. As long as you keep on following the advice. Guys, you got to give it to me. I'm getting through this. We're doing this episode I'm Michael Jordan with the flu doing my best game. Uh, I don't know about that, but we're getting we're getting through this. It's funny too. That's how much I enjoy this is that I can be sick as a dog and still want to do this and still enjoy. I don't I don't enjoy how I feel right now, but I do absolutely enjoy giving the advice. And let's do some more from Aiden. He writes in, hello, my name is Aiden. I've been a longtime listener of the podcast, and I truly believe the advice and teachings you give work. I'm reaching out because I'm stuck in a rut. About five, this is hilarious. Listen to this, guys. He says, about five months ago, my ex-girlfriend and I broke up. So we had Salah. Four months ago, they broke up. Now this is Aiden. Five months ago, they broke up. He says, this was hard for me because it seemed like everything was working. I never saw a single sign that things were getting bad until one day I noticed she was being distant. Bum, bum, bum. He continues, when I spoke up about this to her, it led to the argument that ended our relationship. I love that girl a lot, Trip. And when the relationship ended, I was devastated. I'm still devastated about it to this day. I see her in everything I do and everywhere I go. And the thought that the best thing that ever happened to me is gone eats me up inside every day. So my question trip is, how do I get over this? I've tried everything I could think of, like going to the gym or talking to new girls, but I still can't get over her. If you have any advice, I'm all ears. Thank you for your time, Trip, And I look forward to a reply. Sincerely, Aiden. Aiden, I don't mean to make light of your situation, so I apologize for any lightness a, a bit ago. But uh, I do understand it is very hard to go through a breakup. And we got to follow in the footsteps of the previous advice that I gave, which is we need to go no contact. I don't know if you did that. So you need to be doing that. So let's do a review of no contact. When you break up with a girl, the girl breaks up with you. 
then you need to move on. I really don't truly believe you should be chasing after a girl and trying to get her back. I think it's best if you move on because what do we want to do, guys? We want to be with women who have a high level of interest in us. We don't want to convince them to like us. So you got to go super no contact, no texting, no social media messaging, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, etc. If you can help it, don't see them. I mean, if you can help it, because I don't know if you're in college or whatever, you might see them in class or work. Oh, yeah. another reason why you shouldn't be dating women at work. Imagine that disaster. You'd have to get a new job. So no contact, full out. I wonder if it's taken you this long to get over her because of that. But the no contact is the watered down advice. Let me give you the rich advice. The advice, the pill that's hard to swallow, but God damn, it's important. There's one line I heard in here that sticks out. And we're going to give you some tough love. So the line here is this. You said, and the thought that the best thing that ever happened to me is gone and eats me up inside every day. The best thing that ever happened to me is gone. Bullshit. Tough love, my friend. Here it is. Bullshit. That's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Your life must suck. Again, I'm coming from a place of love here, but I got to give it to you real, bro. I got to give it to you real. Your life sucks if a woman is the best thing that's ever happened to you. Get out of the romantic comedy fantasy, please, and start living a life for you. I understand women are a big part of our lives. We want companionship. We want sex. We want marriage. We want kids. All the above or some. But a woman should never be the center of your life. Ever. Till the day you die. Even if you're interested in getting married. I want you to understand this. This is so important. Guys, listen to this. Listen to this. A woman should never be the center of your life. The center of your life should always be you. And you may say, that sounds selfish. That sounds narcissistic. Well, yeah, it can be if you're stepping on other people, but we're not talking about that. We're not talking about true narcissism. We're talking about self-love and self-esteem and self-worth, doing the things that you need to do for you. And maybe I'm taking this to a, 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 a big level and, and maybe you're just in a lot of pain and people in a lot of pain tend to exaggerate, but I'm going to, I'm going to take this at face value. Your quote, best thing that has ever happened to me. I understand you're in a lot of pain, but it's got to be the opposite, dude. She has to regret leaving you. You need to be in a situation where if a girl ever breaks up with you, if a woman ever breaks up with you, divorces you, cheats on you, whatever it may be, breaks your heart. You need to be going, she's an idiot. I'm a catch. I'm the man. My life is awesome and I have so much value to offer and she left me, divorced me, cheated on me, left for another guy. 
Good luck. Good luck, girl. Good freaking luck. Because you lost something that's so awesome. That's what you should be saying to yourself, by the way. This is not words to say to her. I'm not trying to get you to say this to her in a way to make her feel bad. This is a, a real truth that I need you to believe inside of your soul. Like I know inside of my soul. And by the way, I had to work up to this. This is not something that I was born with. I'm like you. I needed to figure this out for myself, my own self-worth, self-esteem, all that stuff. I had to figure that out. Where now I've gotten to the point where if my girl, Megan, if she ever left me for another guy or broke up with me or whatever, I would legit be, yes, of course I'd be hurt. I would be sad. I'm a human being and, and I will be suffering from a loss. But I will still be thinking of, well, her loss because I would rather be with someone who sees my value, who sees how amazing that I am because I truly am that and believe that and have worked up to that. Now, Aiden, you might be on the younger side. I'm just kind of guessing by the way you've written this. So maybe it's going to be time till you build up your value and you build up to the point where you are a guy who is proud of his life, thinks he's awesome. And again, for you, not for women. I said that earlier. And it might take a little time to get there. That's okay. Men age like a fine wine. We peak in our later years. We're a little bit more physically attractive. We've gathered more resources. We've gotten more higher social status. We've become smarter. We've accomplished big goals. And that stuff takes time. And that might be the case for you. It was for me. Absolutely. I had to work on those things. And I believe you can too. And a lot of guys do too. So Aiden, how do you get over this? Is your question no contact? And I would start to date other women. You said, uh, I've tried everything I could think of, like going to the gym, talking to new girls. You still got to continue doing that. But I need you to look at your, at you from a place of self-worth and understanding that she is the one who got the loss, not you. It's all in the mindset. Next question from William. Hi, Trip. I enjoy watching a lot of your YouTube videos and emails. They are very engaging and informative. By the way, I should say here, William is talking about my email list. I send out a few emails per week. And no, it is not spam. It is completely valuable. It is my written content, right? I have my podcast, my YouTube channel. This is my written content, like mini blogs I send out that give practical advice on how to meet, attract, and keep women. If you want that, you can get on my email list. It is free and you get a gift for it. So you get a gift to get on the email list and the email list is a gift in itself. Uh, one of the ways to get on my email list is go to tripadvice.com slash chick crack. I'll put a link in the show notes next to all the other links. 
and you'll get a video that teaches you how to talk to women and how to continue conversation. Topics that women really enjoy that you can talk about and it helps continue conversation. And then you'll be on my email list, just like our boy, William. All right, let's continue. He says, I've used some of your material to great success. However, I was curious about your opinion on compliments. I realize that you say no compliments until in a relationship. However, in some videos, you say no physical compliments, but compliments on personality. In videos on top pickup lines, you said that complimenting and saying a girl's smile or eyes are beautiful. He quotes, hey, I saw you over here and thought you were cute. I had to say hi. was a line that you stated to use. And another line that you stated to use was to tell a girl she is adorable. I love complimenting girls on their personality and oftentimes will compliment them on their outfit. The only physical compliments that I have done are hair, smile, or eyes. One of the best compliments is on how their outfits match well with their hair. Like I said, I, I like a lot of your advice and agree with it, but sometimes you appear to contradict yourself on the issue. It depends on the situation and your level of rapport with the girl. Thank you, William. William, so glad you brought this up. And I, I've heard from guys who said this before. And and you're right. I have absolutely contradicted myself. Guilty as charged. I've contradicted myself. If you go into old material, I've been doing this for 11 years. If you go to old material on YouTube, maybe even on the podcast, but I know 100% on the on the YouTube channel, I do have a, a video called, you know, five best compliments to, to give a girl. And here's the thing. It is very rare that my advice evolves, but it has evolved. I've been doing this for a long time. So there's some pieces of advice, not a lot, but this is an example of one of them, just a few things. So don't be scared, by the way, going into old content. Don't be too, don't be too frightened of this. But there are a few things that have evolved. And one of them is the compliment. I will, I will admit to that. So you will find like I said, a few things about how to give a compliment, what compliments work well. And I still don't think it's the worst advice, but now I've evolved to a place where I actually think that compliments are not productive for a guy to be dishing out as an opener. So the, hey, I saw you over here and thought you were cute. I had to say hi. I'd rather you say, hey, two seconds. I wanted to come meet you. Or, hey, two seconds, I wanted to come over and say hi. So not using the compliment opener as well as my newest advice is to not compliment in general. Don't compliment her on anything, even if it is her style or her hair or smile or eyes. And the reason why I say that now is because as flirty as it may seem, and it is nice to show a little bit of intent I also do believe that it doesn't help because it actually subconsciously comes off as disingenuous. Most women have heard these compliments before, so it doesn't really do much for you. This is what I've, I've come to learn, and this is why I've changed my advice on this. Most women, have, have it just doesn't do much because they're getting it a lot. It's like sat oversaturated her hearing a compliment on anything. Also, you're not doing it selflessly. And I've learned that too. 
a lot of compliments are not selfless, especially in the, in this arena of meeting women, attracting women. They're not. You're saying it to get something. You're saying it. Yeah, you might mean it. I'm not saying you don't mean it. You see a girl and she's got great style. You might mean that, but you're not selflessly saying that. You're not going here. I want to let you know this. So you feel good. This has nothing to do with me. It's not selfless. You're trying to get something out of it. And so it is going to be more effective for you to just not say that at all and have her chase your validation a little bit. I don't want you to be this guy who's putting her on a pedestal. And I think that compliments do that. It's like, why does she deserve a compliment? You don't even know her. That's why I say, you know, in a relationship, it's a lot different. But up until the beginning, like you don't really know her. Even when you're dating a girl for a few months, I just think, why not? And by the way, you say this to a woman and they're going to blow up at you and think, oh my God, that is, you know, it's not very politically correct, this advice. That's for sure. You're going to hear girls be like, that's so evil. It's like, it's not evil. Evil is saying like to a girl like, oh, you're fat or you're ugly. But not giving a compliment, that's just nothing. It's neutral in my eyes. So I believe that it's more effective for you as a guy who's trying to attract a woman to just completely be done with the compliments, have her chase your validation. And it's not this this ultimate form of attraction. You should be able to attract a woman based on who you are as a man versus you giving her something. It's almost like to me, the compliment is equivalent to a piece of advice, by the way, that I've always given in the past 11 years of trip advice is like giving a girl flowers on a first date. Are you going to do that? Well, I hope you wouldn't. My advice has always been, do not give a girl flowers. Don't buy her presents or gifts. It's like the same thing. It's like this weird manipulative thing that you're doing. Like, no, she needs to earn that. Hey, you need to earn things too. She's treating you the exact same way. She's not going to just go out with you. She's not going to just sleep with you. You have to earn that. So she has to earn that too. Everyone should be earning. It should not just be something that you just hand off to her. And again, even if you do, repeating myself here, it's not as effective. In fact, it can't hurt you because she's going to think, oh, I got him. No, play the game a little bit. You don't have to be giving her everything. What do you say we do one more, folks? I'm game. All right, Anonymous. Hey, Trip. I would appreciate it if you kept me anonymous. Love the podcast. Here's my question. How long should you wait for a girl who says she is not ready for a relationship? I've been dating a girl for over four months who got out of a long-term relationship with a boyfriend who was cheating on her. They broke up a few months before we started dating, and she was very depressed and in a dark place. She lost 40 pounds after the breakup. She says she needs time to heal and can't make any promises right now, and I get that, but how long is too long to wait? We both told each other we aren't seeing anyone else. I'm wondering if I should start seeing other people, ask her if I should start seeing other people, Break it off if this isn't going anywhere. I really like this girl. She's a 10 and the highest quality girl I've ever dated in my life. But the uncertainty of not knowing if this will go anywhere is eating me alive because I've become attached. I'm cool with taking things slow, 
but it feels like I'm going around in circles. We spend entire weekends together. She got me a super expensive cologne for Valentine's Day, and it feels like a relationship just without the label, which is why it feels wrong for me to start seeing other people or ask her if I should. Thanks. Gosh, a great question. All right, so here's the number one thing. Big lesson here, gentlemen and anonymous. Don't date women just out of a relationship. And this is one of the reasons why. She will not be emotionally ready for a new relationship. And clearly, here's uh, a prime example of that. This is the example. She's not ready. Maybe she's not over him. Who knows what's going on? So this is not something that you can fix now. It's kind of like that question of, how do I get out of the friend zone? It's like, well, you should have avoided it in the first place. And for you, Anonymous, you should have avoided this in the first place. Now, again, I know that that advice doesn't do much for you. Now, it should, hopefully for the future, though, and everyone out there, do not date anyone fresh out of a relationship. You know, there are some exceptions here. I mean, if she was dating a guy for like a month, that's nothing. But we're talking about like the girl was in a very serious long-term relationship and she just got out of it. You won't find many women in that case. And if you do, I wouldn't think about getting into anything serious with this person for a long time or maybe at all date her because again, look what happened. Your words, you got attached. So you got attached and now you're you're in a little, a little bit of trouble here. So here's what I say, man. I don't think you should be seeing anyone else. Uh, she needs to heal. I mean, damn, dude, she needs to heal. She's like dating you and needs to heal. Okay, you know what? I'm going to take back my... Okay, there's two ways you can go about this. I have two answers. Okay, one, you could just keep going with her. And eventually, this girl will end up getting attached to you as well. So... The more time you spend with someone, the more time you have sex with someone, everybody, including her, will get more and more attached. I even bet that if you were to leave the situation, then that might happen. Also, my friend, you are a rebound, which is a big problem too. So I'm working through this in real time. That's one piece of advice. I might not stand by it. Here's the second piece of advice, which I might stand by more. The second piece of advice is absolutely date other people and see her at the same time. And this can cause her to end up actually realizing that she wants to be with you and cause jealousy. The thing is, is you think it feels wrong, but to start seeing other people, it's not. The whole idea behind asking a woman to be exclusive the whole idea is that you're not seeing other people so she can't put a label on it well that's what the label means it means we're not seeing anyone else so as much as it feels wrong it's not wrong at all you can be seeing other people okay so now that i'm working this out of my head here's my answer for you and i'm sticking to it you should be seeing other people there is no reason why you should be committing all of your attention and sexual attention to a woman who's not giving you what you want, which is a relationship. 
So she needs to understand that. And I'm not trying to punish her, but this is the reality. The reality is she knows she does not get all of you. So you need to be putting yourself out there and dating other women, even if it's hard. I don't care if she got you a super expensive clone for Valentine's Day. She doesn't want to be in a relationship. She can't make any promises right now. Well, guess what? It, there's two people in this situationship. And if she can't make any promises right now, guess who else can't make any promises right now? You. So you need to be going out, meeting other women, and getting with a woman who's a high level of interest. Well, it seems like she's a high level of interest because she's spending time with you all the time, which is what I always say is the, is the main example of high level of interest. Still, you want a relationship. That's what you want, and you're not getting that. So she's not seeing you as someone who's super valuable, and I bet you that hurts your self-esteem, doesn't it? If she really liked you, she would be like, yes, yes, of course. And most women want that anyways, but she'd be ready for a relationship. I bet you she'd be ready for a relationship with Leonardo DiCaprio. So she's saying to you, sorry, I don't see enough of the value. Okay, she doesn't see that. Well, guess what? She doesn't get all of you either. Go out there, my friend, meet other women, date other women. And now she's just one of the girls that you're dating. Because she's not committing. And you should be doing that anyways. Guys, you should be meeting and dating lots of women. I talked about this in a recent podcast episode as well as a YouTube channel a video. Is that you need to be dating multiple women. Absolutely. And it's not wrong until you get into a exclusive relationship that is communicated to each other. Gentlemen, please. Please, don't give your all to one woman who's not ready to give it all to you. Ooh, man, what an episode. That was fun. Guys, get chick crack. Topics of conversation that women love so you can have really awesome, fun conversations. Tripadvice.com slash chick dash crack. That gets you on my email newsletter. And don't forget that coaching is always available to you at coachedbytrip.com. Can't wait to have David Buss on the podcast in a month. So look out for that if you enjoyed today's topic, which means you'll definitely enjoy this topic even more when I interview him. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone, for writing in your questions. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>